The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Dream Podcast, second edition, college basketball version of the Dream Podcast. As always, I'm Brad Powers alongside A.J. Hoffman. We got Sleepy J at the producer controls here. Very exciting first edition. And first, before I even start off the show here, uh, of course, we're going to go over some games, but very pleased with the reaction both A.J. and I got on Twitter. The feedback was uh, tremendous. Uh, a lot of it was constructive, hardly any criticism. Uh, and obviously you guys set your expectations like we did. It's a work in progress. Really appreciated the suggestions. Did you get that same feel, uh, AJ? I, I was overwhelmed yeah. with the, the response yeah. we had. It was really nice. A lot of, uh, a lot of people who listened and liked it, I guess. And that's, that's what we're doing it for. So we're, uh, we're not here for fun. And so hopefully we can uh, keep making people some money. Yeah. And let's be honest. Uh, it certainly helped with the very first edition uh, that your best bet won easily. Maryland outright winner by double digits over Nebraska. I had to hang on for a little bit with Kansas State over Kansas, but winning certainly helps right out of the gate. They pay the same. A big winner and a uh, barely winner pay the same. Yeah, they do. So I'll tell you what, like we do in each and every college basketball dream podcast, before we get to the show, let, let's get the rundown here. Obviously, we'll go over some of the big games, including arguably one of the biggest games of the entire college basketball season, Duke at Virginia. That'll be coming up later in the podcast after we break down the the biggest games on both Saturday and Sunday. AJ and myself are going to give a little hot not report, hot teams uh, across the country, our two hottest teams. And, of course, on the flip side of that, two teams (laughs) that have been looking uh, pretty crappy (laughs) at least the last four or five games of the season. So all that and a heck of a lot more leans, likes on games, including a pair of best bets from AJ and myself. Sleepy, it's showtime. Showtime! Woo! All right, we're going to – we don't – not a lot of story time here, but before I get into it, AJ – Served. A, I always like giving people a little bit more knowledge about yourself since you're a newcomer to the Dream Podcast team. Reading up on you, you, you served in the military, and I'm going to let Sleepy, uh, another military guy, ask you a couple questions about that to get the listeners uh, a little bit more knowledge about you. Well, a lot of the listeners know that I was a, uh, a Marine. I was a cook, and uh, I'm curious, AJ, did the cooks treat you right when you were in the service? Uh, no, they, they did not. Uh, I, I was, I was an infantryman, so we, we didn't get to see much of the cooks to begin with. And when we did, it was out in the field and, and you know how that is. It's, it's not the same service as it is at like an omelet bar, It's not but, even uh, close. yeah, but I, I did when we, when we were not in the field, I, I appreciated the cooks as much as anybody. Those guys hooked us up. So AJ, not only in the military, not only a former MMA fighter, a daily talk show host in what the number four market in the country, Houston, but also now selling picks on pregame.com. AJ, man of the world, man of the people, where do you find time for this? And you're married, got kids, and got eight pets at home. How are you doing yeah. this, man? I have no idea. I, I'm sure I'll break down before uh, before the end of the season, <laughs> and you'll just have to do this thing by yourself. But uh, I'll, I'll keep faking it until then. I highly doubt that, but let, let's get right to it here. And, and before I get into Wisconsin and Michigan, the first game, here's some feedback that I did get. First and foremost, they said, hey, Brad, on Twitter, you're going to have to pick up your game. AJ came prepared. I seemed ill-equipped to take on someone <laughs> like AJ. I'm supposed to be the guy with all the college knowledge, and AJ took me to the kill a little bit here. 
Mr. T's got a little bit something to say about that, doesn't he, Sleepy? He was the baddest cat around until I showed up. Baddest cat in town uh, until AJ showed up. Move, well, move I, alongside I, Mr. Brad Powers, and we're going to have some disagreement that's here. That's one show. Yeah, we do have a couple disagreements. <laughs> we do have some disagreements, and it's going to be starting in this first game. I'll take the lead since I got a like, but again, number 19, Wisconsin, and number 7, Michigan. We're going to call the projected line right around 6. I like the Wolverines, and to me, call me square. But but in this one, to me, it's all about the revenge. I mean, come on, folks. Michigan's only lost two regular season games in pretty much almost their last 40. One of them coming to Wisconsin back on January the 19th. Michigan's got a little bit of a situational edge here, a little bit one-day rest advantage. Wisconsin back-to-back road games, tight game the other night against Minnesota. Call me square, but the revenge factor, my number one factor, and the overwhelming factor why I like Michigan and we'll call my buy price Michigan right around minus six. What say you, AJ? Yeah, I, I liked Michigan a lot early in the season, and I've kind of soured on them. They, they don't seem like they're playing at the same level, and maybe I, I'm overreacting to the, the drubbing that Iowa put on them. Uh, but I, I go back to that, that first matchup, and 64-54 Wisconsin win. I mean, they outshot, they outshot Michigan from the field. They outshot them from three. Uh, there were 16 Michigan turnovers, and Ethan Happ, he just had his he had his way with Michigan, 26, 10, and seven. And then is uh, Ignis Brzezikas, who's been sort of the the freshman phenom, the scoring machine up there, uh, the Canadian scoring machine for Michigan. He's he's been averaging 16 points, uh, held scoreless, 0 for five from the field. Uh, Michigan just shut him down. He scored 18 points per game in the five games since, but there was something that Wisconsin figured out with that guy to keep him out of it. Uh, you know, Michigan's got a, a horrible bench. I, I don't think Wisconsin plays at the pace that's going to really hurt them, but I do lean with Wisconsin plus six in this one. They just seem like they're the hotter team. Six straight wins against the spread and straight up. And Michigan three and three against the spread over that over that same span. Yeah, and certainly the uh, the Michigan win kind of catapulted this Wisconsin team. They, they haven't been the same team since, in a good way. The fact that they've won six straight right. and covered six straight. I, I'm going to go to sleepy a little bit here, and I'm anxious, AJ, to, to get your thoughts on this. Obviously, both teams make their hay on the defensive side of the ball. Both top six defensively as far as efficiency uh, in the Ken Palm. Tough to lay six points. I'll say that's what makes me a little bit square, in my opinion, here, why I like Michigan minus six. When you're going to have a low total, tough laying some points here. Sleepy, you're looking more towards the under here with both defenses? I am. It was 126. That's what it closed in the last game. Wisconsin last six games. Listen to these numbers. 54 to give up to Michigan, 60 to Illinois, 46 Northwestern, 51 Nebraska, 61 to Maryland. That's just a six-game stretch there. They've only allowed 53.3 points per game. Now you're going to get Michigan here. That defense at home, revenge. I don't know where this number is going to come out. I don't think it's going to come out 126. I would expect it to be a tad lower, maybe 123. I think this one's an under game for me. Yeah, tough to, to, to see it coming any higher than 126. AJ, any thoughts on the total? Yeah, I, 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 one of my handicaps on this game was that they were both great defensive teams, and I was kind of trying to figure out who was going to have the edge offensively. And a lot of the metrics point to Wisconsin being the more efficient team, but then you look at their home road splits, and they're a lot less efficient on on the road than they are at home. So it's a tough one for me. Uh, but I do think if, if Brzezikas is, is held to zero points again, that under is probably a good bet. A good call there. Be tough to, to hold them to that again, but uh, 
Again, uh, just recapping from the guys, like for Michigan, for me, lead Wisconsin, AJ, sleepy on the total under. And again, we move hot and heavy here on the College Basketball Dream Podcast. Any closing thoughts, though, AJ? No, that's about all I got on this one. Moving along to one of the, we got a hot not report coming later in the podcast. One of these hot teams, my hot team, the Kentucky Wildcats, which lead into our next game. Number five, Kentucky at Mississippi State. That's a Saturday game on CBS. We'll call a projected line Kentucky road favorite right around three. And uh, since you got the stronger of the opinions here, AJ, I'll let you lead it off. Yeah, I like Kentucky in this game. 12 and 0 straight up against Mississippi State since 2009. Uh, Michigan State's just 3-6 and six against the spread in the SEC. They're 6-6 six and six against the spread at home. Like you mentioned, Kentucky, they're a hot team right now. Seven straight covers, 5-1 and one ATS on the road. They, it, their last four games, they've beat the spread by an average 13-plus points. And in the first matchup, Mississippi State just couldn't shoot. They shot 31% from the field. Uh, Kentucky shot 50% from three and held Mississippi State to 15%. To me, these are two teams kind of headed in different directions. Mississippi State has not looked like the same team since conference play started, and Kentucky looks like they're really starting to gel. One of the things I really like about this Kentucky team compared to some past teams is they actually make their free throws. That used mm. to be the big down, the big downfall for Kentucky was they couldn't hit free throws, and now they're one of the better free throw shooting teams in the country. I like Kentucky minus three. I'd probably like them up to minus five. Strong there, and glad you brought up the free throws when you're laying. Look, there's not key as big key numbers in basketball like there is in football. But the, and the most common number in college basketball, at least, is three. NBA, it's seven. Uh, when you're laying three points on the road, helps to, to hit some free throws, which Kentucky did uh, in an Auburn game on the road just a, a few games back. Agreement for me, and then we'll get the sleepies. Also, got to take care. I lean though, Kentucky. So the the reason it's only lean for me is I go back to that earlier game of this season, January the 22nd. I, you could take this two different ways. Either Kentucky had a significant matchup edge on Mississippi State or Mississippi State just had one of those rare performances uh, where, where they just shot 31% of the floor. That was by far their worst performance of the season. Mississippi State got blown out by 21 points. Mississippi State and all their other losses combined haven't lost by combined 21 points. They haven't lost a, a, another game by more than five points this entire season. Uh, coming off that overtime home loss, got to be a big rallying point for them. That's why I only lean Kentucky. I'm definitely not stepping in front of them uh, with a team that's won nine straight and covered seven straight. Lean Kentucky minus three. What say you, Gleepy? I'm right with you here. I lean Kentucky as well. Tough spot for them here. Obviously, Mississippi State, tough loss, you know, last game out against LSU overtime. But, you know, Brad, you talked about this. I'm going to say you were probably one of the first guys to actually get ahead of the Kentucky movement. And one of the things that I liked was the fact that you said this team's getting mature. And the first thing I look at when I want to see if a team's actually maturing and playing well is the assist stat. This team, they were 217 in total assists just six games ago. Right now, 55, as AJ just talked about. Free throw shooting, getting better. Scoring defense six games ago, 112. Now, 32. Field goal percentage defense, 125. Now, 37. This team has gotten so much better. This is not a train I want to step in front of. I lean here with Kentucky. Tough spot, but I agree, and I actually like the fact that you have me looking at Kentucky now because it might have been a couple more weeks before I actually took notice how good this team's actually playing. I notice right now with Kentucky is that you don't see these type of movements in the stats 
in these power conferences. You have to look at a team like Gonzaga because they play in such a weak conference to go, holy smokes, this team really improved, and it's tough to find Kentucky or any other school, North Carolina, Duke, that improved this much the way that this team's improving. It's kind of awesome. And it makes a lot of sense. I mean, that Kentucky's starting to peak now. I mean, look at their starting lineup. Three true freshmen, a sophomore, and a grad transfer. So, of course, it took them 10, 12 games to adjust everyone. Watch the Duke game in the opener. They got crushed. They started throwing Kentucky in the, uh, in the waste paper basket. There was a lot of non, uh, non-covers early on the season uh, against subpar competition, some losses in, in the mix there. Uh, but yet right now, name me right now, including Duke, who's playing better than Kentucky right now? I don't think you can make the case. Can you, AJ? I mean, Gonzaga may be yeah, the Gonzaga, only one maybe. that, that – yep. That you can even really consider, but yeah, there's not many teams in the country doing what they're doing right now. Uh, I guess North Carolina is another one that they've they've come on in sort of the the same way. But yeah, you'll see that with these young teams and and these teams specifically that rely a lot on the one and done. Though it, uh, this is around the time of year that they gel about halfway through the middle, or halfway through the uh, the conference schedule is when you really start to see those teams get more dangerous. And Kentucky's becoming more of a team, in my opinion, to watch uh, maybe in, in the futures market. They're, they're starting to become a team that I think maybe this team could win a championship. Yeah, it's just the, the problem is it's uh, it got wiped away pretty quick there. What, Kentucky right yeah. around 8-1? to one. Shame on me. I you know I, I said it on straight out of Vegas like a couple weeks ago. Hey, watch Kentucky, watch Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I think you could have gotten Kentucky 15 or 20-1. to one. So shame on me for not. Uh, heeding my own advice there on the Wildcats. So just recapping it, uh, full agreement from the guys here. Uh, me and Sleepy uh, both leans on Kentucky. AJ real strong on the Wildcats here. Like Kentucky minus three. Any closing thoughts, AJ? No, I'm good on this one. Again, I'm Brad Powers. He's AJ Hoffman. You can follow AJ on Twitter at AJ is the real. Moving along and speaking of AJ, we, we had to get some new music for you, a new drop, because coming up in the next game, TCU Iowa State, it is A.J. Hoffman's best bet of the week. Let's hear some a different drop because uh, A.J. didn't like the Blossom. Let's get something a little bit more macho for A.J. It can't be done by you, 10 guys like you, or 100 people like you. Nobody can defeat this man. Nobody even can come close to defeating this man. I know it. You know it. Everybody knows it. The odds-on favorite in Las Vegas... That's what you paid me for. I love it. That is the best. There you go. How about that for a drop compared to Blossom? I can't wait. RJ gave me a hard time on the other podcast because, you know, we're both a little bit, you know, skeptical of Blossom. That right there is a good way to introduce a best bet. Again, TCU at Iowa State on Saturday. Take the floor, AJ. Your best bet is... Yeah, it's Iowa State. We projected that line at around minus seven, and Iowa State is – these two teams are going in different directions. TCU, first of all, they are horrific on the road. One in five, uh, they're, they're, they're two, and, uh, two and four against the spread, 0 oh and five against the spread as a dog. They've just been a mess since this, uh, this rivalry started, I guess basically since – uh, they joined the Big 12. I think there was one game prior to that. Iowa State's 10-4 and four straight up, but it has been 7-7 seven and seven, uh, against the spread. TCU so far in Big 12 play, 3-6 and six against the spread. Uh, Iowa State, 23rd in the country in turnover rate. TCU, 162nd. And those Iowa State guards, they're about three inches taller on average than the TCU guards. 
this is a uh, an interesting thing from a scheduling perspective too. Iowa State, this is their only game in an 11-day span. So this is their clear and only focus for the time being. Iowa State continuing to improve. I love their guards. We talked about them last week. To me, this is a great spot. Best bet of the week, Iowa State minus seven, home against TCU. Buy price up to nine? For, up to for nine. Up to nine. And I'm in full agreement here. I like Iowa State as well. Buy price for me uh, would be up to minus nine. In addition to AJ's handicap on the game, talk about a scheduling spot. Yeah, Iowa State, great spot, one game in 11 days. TCU, huge game on deck. If they're going to get ready for a game, it's going to be hosting Kansas on a Monday night, two days from the, when this one's played, and blood in the water with the Jayhawks, uh, with yet another guy taking a leave of af- absence. I think TCU's maybe sneaking, uh, peeking ahead a little bit to that one. And I got to be honest, guys, I had TCU the other night against Oklahoma State. I've been playing against Oklahoma State. That's a team, what, seven, eight scholarship players with everyone suspended. Yeah, beat up. TCU's dominating. First half, up double digits. I'm like, this is going to be another easy winner. What happens in the second half? A depth-shy Oklahoma State team goes on like a 24-4 run. TCU's got to make a bucket at the buzzer to avoid a big upset. I'm sorry, but that, that's just a pathetic effort by TCU. I don't see it getting better here. Like Iowa State here, agree with AJ. You're going to make it a, a triple-like, uh, Sleepy? I only like it because you guys like it, and you did it. You guys did all the work, so I'm following you on that one. <laughs> Again, best bet from AJ. Any other uh, closing thoughts? Best bet from Iowa State. No, I'm I'm hoping for a seven. I, I I'm not sure if that if we'll actually get that, uh, given what TCU's done recently, and that Oklahoma State win is is obviously a, a little disappointing. Uh, but if that's the number, that's great. I, like I said, game uh, buy price up to nine on that one. Yeah, and you know, to be perfectly frank, and uh, you know, a little peek behind the curtains here, I I give out the lines as far as what my projections are, and I take a look at Ken Palm Sagarin and see if there's some agreement here. I agree with you, AJ. Probably a little bit short here, but again, buy price for me. I, I Give us a couple extra points. I still like Iowa State, even at minus the, nine. The last few road games for for TCU at Baylor, lost by 26. Uh, at Tech, lost by 19. Lost by double digits 10 at Kansas State. Uh, lost by two at a at an okay Oklahoma team, and then lost by nine at Kansas. They are just a mess on the road. I expect that to continue. Yeah, and, and that was one reason why I liked them the other night, the fact that they were so pathetic on the road coming off back-to-back blowout losses. It was a TCU team that had won 11 straight home games and neutral site games, covered 10 of those, and again, a pathetic performance. I, I like it because uh, after that TCU game the other night, I was a uh, fully ready to throw them in the trash. Glad to see you have a best bet. That's A.J. Hoffman, best bet of the week. On Saturday, Iowa State minus seven, buy price all the way up to nine. Moving along to the Big East here, a good clash between the top two teams in the Big East. Number 14, Villanova at number 10, Marquette. This one's on Fox on Saturday afternoon. Projected line for me, I'll have Marquette as a short, very short favorite here. Call it right around one and a half. AJ, I'll start off with you. Where are you leaning at in this game? Yeah, I lean to Villanova in this one, and part of it is recency bias. I mean, Villanova's been sort of the the big brother in this conversation for the, for the last little while. Nova playing a lot better, too, since conference play started. I think people are still hanging on to those those odd losses early in the season. They they lose to Furman, and, and, but it turns out Furman's a pretty good team. They lost to Penn which it, it also turns out everybody in Philadelphia lost a pin this, this season. So I, I think maybe people are still holding on to that too much. 
They're ten and zero in conference. They're a new team since the calendar flipped. And Marquette, who has been really good, that loss to St. John's. Listen, you lose at St. John's. Okay, you you, you get St. John's at home, mm-hmm. coming off a, a thirty point blowout loss at Duke. And I mean, I I don't know that Marquette's quite on Duke level. I, clearly, they're a notch below. But you you think well, you know, you should be you should be better than losing the home game uh, after Duke just handled them by 30. Uh, Nova, they've got a chance. They don't quite lock up the Big East with a win here, but a win would give them a three-game lead with a head-to-head win over the only team in conference with a chance to catch them, and that's got to be motivation as well. Uh, Average margin in the last 12 Nova wins, 14 points per game uh, against Marquette. So they're 12-1 in the last six seasons against Marquette. The, the only Marquette win was by two points in 2017. Wow. You'll remember that one a couple years ago. The rest of those games, 14-point-per-game average win by Villanova. So if the number comes in close or Nova is a favorite, I, I, I if it is Nova, and I, I leaned Nova because I assumed actually it would be a, a pick, but if there's a plus next to Villanova's name come Saturday, that'll be a like for me. Fair enough. And, and speaking of Marquette losing to St. John's, that was their first loss, Marquette. Brand new $524 million facility uh, for whatever reason. It's a Marquette team that's, you know, 16-2 last 18 games, both losses to St. John's. For me, a tough call because I think both teams, relatively speaking, are buy teams. Uh, I think you make more money uh, than not, you know, buying these teams throughout the course of the season. Uh, I mean, Villanova, 11 straight wins, eight covers in the mix there. A uh, little bit of controversy in their last game. Uh, although anyone... Uh, Let me go off on a little tangent here because this was popular on Twitter. Anyone bitching and complaining about a Villanova minus nine ticket, which was the opener, it closed 11 the other night against Creighton I'm talking about. Game goes to overtime. So if you got a nine-point favorite and the game goes to overtime, Sleepy, what are your chances of cashing that ticket? What do you think, 10 15%? Yeah, right there. So right in there. And, And so what happens is Creighton happens to make a shot uh, it, it shouldn't have counted. It was after the buzzer, and all these Villanova fan, or, yeah, Villanova fans are crying and whining because instead of pushing, or maybe they got a, an eight and a half rogue number, are bitching and complaining. Hey, that's how the brakes fall. Are you kidding me? The game went to overtime. You shouldn't have covered to begin with. Sorry, going on a tangent. Uh, for me, just a lean on Marquette. Again, I like both teams. I'll just other than the St. John's games. I mean, I Marquette's been just as good about anybody. They have the better defense here. Uh, I like the spot back-to-back home games for them. Villanova off an overtime game traveling. It's a, a longer travel spot for them traveling to the Midwest. Lean for me is going to be on Marquette minus a one and a half. Any lean or like with Sleepy? No, no. Actually, I, I just think this is going to be a really good game. I think we're going to figure out which one of these teams is actually much better than the other come this game because, you know, Marquette loses you know, St. John's there. I think they're going to try to bounce back here. But if they can't and Villanova goes in there and gets the win, I think it just clearly says that the 14 team is actually much better than the number 10 team. I'm going to go watch this one. AJ, let me ask you. Villanova, I've seen like 25 to 1 to, to win the title. I get it. They're defending champs. They won two of the last three. Do you think there's any value in that 25 to one Villanova to win it all? Uh, it's it's tough for me to say, man, because it, honestly, because the Big East has been so it's so one sided. I mean, it's it's Villanova, Marquette, and in the field. So I don't really know what Villanova is yet. This game, like Sleepy just said, is going to be a pretty good measuring stick for them. But if Villanova continues to run through the Big East the way they have been, 
I think that number does provide some value. You got to remember, this is a, a a team now that's led by by Phil Booth and Eric Pascal. These are senior guys, mm. you know. These, these this isn't a team of underclassmen. And come tournament time, you like to have that experience. So when you think about having a senior led team, and I think we can all agree, Jay Wright, one of the better coaches in in college basketball, that's a recipe that you're usually looking for. Uh, and and strong guard play as well. When you talk about Booth and Gillespie. These are all the, the this is a recipe for a tournament team. Uh, but again, I don't I don't know what they are mm. because the big the Big East isn't what it's been in the past several years. And you brought up a good point on Pascal and Booth. Guys that were starters that played a lot of minutes for Villanova here recently, but weren't the star players, were more role players right. on these teams that have made deep tournament runs. Kind of had to adjust. That's at least what my eye test saw earlier in the season. They weren't quite ready for the star player. Hey, that the team's on our shoulders here instead of other guys in the past that that they'd lean on the last couple of years. Now I'm not seeing that. These guys are totally comfortable in their own skin, being the leaders of this team. And Jay Wright, to me, doesn't get the love that Coach K and Tom Izzo and John Calipari gets. I could make a strong case that Jay Wright right now is the best coach in college basketball and n- nowhere near gets priced that way. Any disagreement? Not really, because he doesn't get the same talent that those guys get year in and year out. You you know, there's not many guys going to Villanova as one-and-done type players. You know what I mean? So I, I, I don't disagree. He's doing more with less with those teams, and he's had a consistent winner out there in a, in a pretty – what's been up until this year a pretty stacked conference. Yeah, and what works now in college, you can go one or two routes. You can go that you go ultra talented, you get your one and done freshman, go for the talent route, or you can build it like Jay Wright, get these upperclassmen that, that are grown ass men when it comes to the end of the season, juniors and seniors. They've been there, done that, got the tournament experience, are in the system. Uh, that's working for Villanova, and obviously a very perimeter perimeter oriented team. That that's been the wave in both the NBA and college basketball. I, to me right now, if I had a son and, and I wanted him to get the full college experience, uh, I'm sending him to Jay Wright at this point. I, I think he's the best coach in college basketball and doesn't get priced that way. Any closing thoughts here? No, I, I agree with you. I like what you just said, actually. So slight disagreement for me and AJ. Uh, lean Marquette for me. Lean on Villanova for AJ. I'm Brad Powers. This is the College Basketball Dream Podcast. You can follow AJ on Twitter at AJ is the real. Follow me on Twitter at Brad Power Seven. Sleepy J, what's the Twitter handle? Throw it out there. Sleepy J underscore pregame. That's why I couldn't remember it. Sleepy, you got to get a better. Sleepy J. Okay, uh, old school underscore. I like that. Underscore. Underscore. That's old school. <laughs> Uh, moving along here, ranked on ranked matchup, another one. And keep in mind, I think the Saturday card's outstanding. One of the better cards we've seen all college basketball season. If you're here in the doldrums, no football, this is one of the better Saturdays we've had of college basketball. Number 16, Louisville is at number 22, Florida State. Again, some slight disagreement from the guys. I'll lead it off here. I'm leaning on Florida State. I call the, uh, the price point, the projected line right around one and a half Florida State favored by Florida State minus one and a half to me. I like both teams. I probably like Louisville a little bit more, but hear me out here. I get it. Louisville in their last eight games, seven and one, only lost North Carolina, and no, no harm done there. They're peaking with a first-year coach. I really like Chris Mack a lot. He's another top 10 coach in the country. Doesn't get the love that he should coming from uh, Xavier. Florida State also playing their best ball this season. Four straight wins. Great, impressive victory in their last game. Maybe their best game of the entire season. They blew out Syracuse on the road. Prior to that, this was a team that was a money burner, Florida State, 3-11. and 
The only reason I'm leaning Florida State here, Louisville's got a game on deck. It's at home. That team on deck is Duke. So I don't think it's a great spot here for Louisville. I think more often than not, I think you can make money with Louisville down the stretch. But because of that big home game against Duke on deck, I'm going to lean Florida State minus the one and a half. What say you, AJ? I, I like a lot of what you said. And Florida State is starting to play some good ball, but it's still stuck in my head. Those two, and you know, everybody's going to lose to Duke, and they actually played Duke pretty tough. I, I don't fault them for that. But the loss at Pitt and the loss at BC that they followed it up with just continue to sour me on Florida State. Those are two teams. Those are the kind of teams you can't lose to if you're going to be a legit ACC team. Those teams are bad. And Florida State lost to both of them. They got blown out by Pitt. And I, I just don't understand what happened in those games. So I'm still been a, a little uh, timid to go back to Florida State. Louisville 4-1 and one on the road against the spread in ACC play. Uh, and and straight up win as a as a dog at Virginia Tech. Obviously last week we we liked that one. Uh, and an 83-62 road win at UNC. They're four and zero against the spread as a road dog. Florida State's last ten four and six against the spread. Three and seven against the spread this season as a home favorite. And Florida State's best win this season. If you if you go through their schedule and and Syracuse is nice. It's not bad. Clemson's nice. Not bad. The best team that they've beat all year long is Purdue. But that was during the run where mm. Purdue had lost five of seven. They weren't the same Purdue team. So I feel like Florida State's power ranking numbers are a little bit inflated because they have that win over a Purdue team, but it wasn't the same Purdue team that we're seeing now. So I'm I'm not quite as high on Florida State as you are. I lean towards Louisville taking points here. Uh, Louisville, a, a team again peaking under first-year head coach. Big picture for the Cardinals. Maybe not this season. But just generally speaking, what was your thoughts on the hire of Chris Mack? I thought it was a home run once they announced it. That's about considering the scandal that was going on in Louisville. I thought that's about as best as they could have done. Your thoughts on the first-year coach, Chris Mack? Yeah, I, I couldn't I couldn't agree more. I would think that with everything that they had going on, uh, it, it may have been a, a tough time to make that call because, honestly, I, I mean, Xavier had an up arrow next to them. And we'll get to Xavier later on in, in the show, but – Xavier without Chris Mack, I mean, it's not it's not even close mm. to the same thing going on there. To me, Louisville, they, they they found the right guy, and this is a guy who, as he continues to get uh, high level talent, is gonna con- is just gonna improve this team further and further. I, I I'm with you. I'm slow on him for this season, but I think in the next two or three years, this is a guy who who can get a team to the uh, to the Sweet 16, Final Four. Yeah, I agree. And again, recapping uh, Louisville, Florida State. Lane for me on Florida State minus one and a half. AJ's got Louisville, the road dog, plus one and a half. Next game. And a little bit pull behind the curtain here. So, uh, you know, production meeting a little bit uh, yesterday. AJ sends over uh, some recommendations on games. And he did a fabulous job. AJ, you know, consummate professional, knows this. It's only his second dream podcast, but already knows the deal. But I even I had to think, what, what? What in the hell? Rut- We're supposed to do the top games of the weekend, and, and AJ's got Rutgers at Illinois listed. Right? Rutgers at Illinois, not Illinois from 10, 15 years ago. We're talking Rutgers and Illinois right now. I'll just let you lead this one off. I told you, I said, hey. If we're going to talk Rutgers, Illinois, AJ, you better have a, sh- a strong-ass uh, handicap here. Give it to me. Who do you like in this one? You better like something because if you lean, I'm going to cut you off. 
Wait, is Darren Williams still playing for Illinois? <laughs> he he better be if we're going to be talking about this on the college basketball <laughs> dream pot. Or you got to have a strong like or best bet. That's what I told you. I do have a like on Illinois, and uh, I I don't know if if Io Desumu is going to be Darren Williams, but he's the best recruit. He's a top five guard recruit in the country. He's the best thing that Illinois has gotten in in quite some time. Uh, he's averaging 15 and a half points per game in conference. As I've watched this team the last couple games, he's finally turning into a star. He's turning into what they thought he would be. And Illinois six and one against the spread all time against Rutgers. And Illinois has been bad as a favorite against the spread, but now recently they've got wins over Maryland. They've got wins over Michigan state. This is a team that I'm not trying to say Illinois is good. And, and if you, if you bet Illinois, you're going to have to kind of swallow and, and clench your teeth. But they're starting to get it together. They're building confidence. They've underperformed. Uh, the talent has, has underperformed this season. But with Brad Underwood, Illinois has, a, to me, a clear coaching edge. You talk about under-the-radar, really solid coaches. And I know he got a bad rap because he left Oklahoma State after one year. The guy can coach. That's, that's the end of the story. The biggest difference in this last little run for the Illini, they, it's defense. They forced 24 turnovers against Michigan State. They held Michigan State without a field goal mm. for almost the entire last five minutes. That 24 turnovers, they turned into 28 points. Uh, the game before that that they won against Nebraska, they held Nebraska to 35% shooting from the field. Uh, they forced 21 turnovers in the win against Maryland. Rutgers, 204th nationally in turnover rate. That's going to be a problem if Illinois is playing the same defense that they've been playing, like Illinois minus 5.5 here. Yeah, and, and Illinois, what happened was, and I, I'm a strong believer of this, at least this time of year, January, early February, Illinois played a, a tremendously tough schedule early on. In fact, I think it's still right now ranked number second behind Kansas in the entire country strength of schedule. So Illinois, I agree with you better than their stats indicate. The The problem that I have is this is the first time Illinois has been expected to win, and, and not only expected, but lay a little bit of points here. First time they've been favored Illinois since December 29th as a favorite here as of late, one and six against the number this year. That would be my concern and why I lean with Rutgers. All right, you heard AJ, a like on Illinois minus five and a half. I'll defer to him for a little bit there, even though I lean, a slight lean on Rutgers plus five and a half. Old tip of the cap to you there, AJ, for welcoming to Rutgers, Illinois. Hey, it all pays the same if Illinois goes out there and wins. Right. I mean, people be celebrating. So uh, I I won tonight with Wofford, so it doesn't matter where it doesn't matter where it comes from. All pays the same. Wofford, the Terriers, love it. I, I love it. You're gonna be a welcome addition here. I, I'm already having a blast uh, to have a, another college guy here. Moving along here uh, to two teams that that have been hottest, two of the hottest teams not only in the Big Twelve but in the entire country. Neither one's ranked, but I think both should be. Kansas State at Baylor on Saturday. It's on ESPN two. Projected line, let's call Baylor a short favorite here, right around three and a half. Uh, I'll let you uh, start it off since you got the stronger the the, the two opinions here, AJ. Uh, what's your thoughts on this one, Kansas State at Baylor? Yeah, Kansas State, the last four meetings against Baylor, 4-0 and straight up and against the spread. And I know I just said that, but I'm going to end up liking Baylor minus three and a half. And the main reason why is, and we, we talked about this on my show here today. You came on my show on Thursday uh, on ESPN in Houston, and we talked about the home road splits mm. in the Big 12 Conference, and they are serious. It, it is, it's, almost, it's almost embarrassing to look at the, the, how these teams perform on, at home compared to on the road, and it's almost every team. 
you know, there's some exceptions like Oklahoma State, West Virginia. They've been just okay at home. But almost every team has struggled on the road. And, you know, Kansas State's no exception. And Baylor's been fantastic at home. Uh, these teams have been about even since conference play started as far as stats. And they're both in the mix for the regular season title, obviously, with no Kansas. Well, I shouldn't say no Kansas. It's not like they died. But a vulnerable Kansas there's a lot of teams looking to jump up and, and get them. And I think it's a great buy low, sell high situation for Baylor. Uh, Baylor goes back home, coming off a road loss to Texas where it seems like they can never win. Kansas State hits the road where they're three and four, coming off their biggest win of the season over their biggest rival. They were one in nine in the previous 10 games against Kansas. Their last win against Kansas was back in 2014 15. Uh, I just feel like this is a, a, a home run spot for Baylor. And Baylor averages three more blocks, three more rebounds per game than Kansas State. They've got a big athleticism edge. Uh, the, the length is about similar, but can't, uh, Baylor just more athletic uh, bigs. I think Baylor minus three and a half. That's a like for me, uh, probably up to five. Yeah, uh, and I get agreement from me. Not as strong on it as you are. I lean on Baylor. I am Mr. Kansas State. That was my my first best bet as far as the college basketball dream podcast. And I just think Kansas State with Dean Wade back uh, has been pure money in Big 12 play, six straight wins and covers. But you're right. I, I think the overwhelming f- number one factor here is just the spot. I, I don't mind playing Baylor off one of their worst performances, uh, at least in the last month or so. Keep in mind, prior to getting blown out by Texas on the road, Baylor was 10-0-1 against the spread, 10-0-1 against the number. And you're right, Kansas State just had their biggest win of the season. That's why I like Kansas State. It was an opportunity to finally get at big brother Kansas. They did so. They stormed the court in that one, even though they're favored. Uh, I get it. Kansas was ranked. Kansas (laughs) State wasn't. But let's be honest, Kansas State was a three-point favorite in that game. I think a letdown spot for Kansas State. You mentioned it, and I didn't do my homework right, but you can follow me on Twitter at BradPower7. I'll get some home-away dichotomies as far as the Big 12 goes, not only for conference, but overall. uh, That's some homework for me. Uh, Again, you mentioned it. Teams, the home-away splits are incredible in this conference, Uh, probably the bigger disparity than than any other other conference in the country. Uh, Again, lean Baylor for me, like Baylor for AJ. Any uh, closing thoughts, AJ? No, that's about all I got for that one. All right, so there's a little game in uh, on Saturday. That's going to be in Charlottesville. Uh, it's with a team that, that's ranked second in the country. They're known as Duke. So they're traveling. They're taking on a number three team, Virginia. Arguably, I, their first matchup was maybe one of the biggest games of the season. Close, lived up to expectations. Uh, maybe some of you are still reeling from it from a final last-second shot that didn't have an impact on the outcome of the game, but certainly swung hundreds of thousands of dollars on who won and covered that game between Duke and Virginia. But on Saturday evening, number two Duke at number three Virginia. And we have a little bit of a disagreement yet again. That's been the theme of this week's podcast. I'll let AJ start off again since, again, he has the stronger of the two opinions. Duke, Virginia, who do you like in this one? Yeah, we projected this line at Virginia minus one and a half. Uh, but I... I and we talked about what the closing number would be. It may be closer to a pick by the time we get to it. Uh, I, I like Virginia. Uh, Virginia 6-2 and two against the spread in the last eight matchups. Those were all single-digit spreads between Duke and Virginia. They're 9-3 and three in the last 12, 
but there were some some double digit spreads in there. That's before Virginia was this sort of iteration of Virginia before they were good. Uh, Virginia seven and two in ACC play against the spread. Duke five and four in ACC play. It's expensive if you like Duke. It, it's going to be expensive going forward if you like Duke. And I said, is the futures market and the name recognition Zion, R.J. Barrett, Cam Reddish? It does it overinflate Duke's numbers. Virginia, not a sexy team. There's no one and done guys. There's a bunch of uh, uh, there, there's a bunch of slowish white guards running around. And those aren't the sexy teams. That's not a sexy team to bet on. Uh, Virginia, they lost by two at Cameron Indoor, and they shot 17% mm. from three in that game. They average better than 39%. They're the, they're the 15th best three-point shooting team in the country. They had their worst performance against Duke. I expect they get better from three, and that's a game changer for them. Virginia believes they're as good as anyone in the country. They need this game to prove it. I think they've got motivation, they've got revenge, and they've got home court. A strong handicap. And, and mine's going to be complicated. And, and again, uh, I'm just fully pulling back the curtain on the podcast. We record this podcast on Thursday night to get you loaded so Sleepy can edit it and get it posted on Friday morning. That way, you got all day Friday to get ready for a big weekend of basketball action. As we are taping this on Thursday night, key injury question mark for me, and this will decide on who I I lean or like. If you're telling me that Virginia's third-year starting point guard, Ty Jerome, he's questionable with a back injury, missed the Miami game. Maybe they were just resting him for uh, you know cautionary reasons. But right now as we're taping this, he's questionable. If he plays, th- then I'll agree with AJ, like for me on Virginia. But he's a very important piece. And the reason we're giving out Virginia one and a half here, you can bet this game. You can bet this line right now here in Vegas at Caesars. And Caesars not only in Vegas, Caesars got a couple other properties across the country. So that's why we are listing Virginia minus one and a half right now. And to me, that says that he is 50-50 because if he's 100%, I think Virginia should be a little bit bigger favorite. AJ argues, and he's right. I mean, the public's going to be in love with Duke in this case. I think if Ty Jerome, the point guard, is out, I wouldn't be a bit surprised Duke ends up being closing as the favorite here. If you don't know who Ty Jerome is, he's one of the better players for Virginia. Averages 13 points per game, about four and a half rebounds per game, five assists per game. I mean, he is the, at least... He's on the, he's on the, uh, the koozie watch list. He's exactly. one of the best point guards so, in the country. Yeah, one of the best point guards. If he plays, I agree with you, AJ. You know, Virginia might even make my card. If, he's, if they tell me he's 100% healthy and I'm getting Virginia minus one and a half or minus two, I'm with you. But since he's questionable... Uh, and if he's out, I think right now at the value of one and a half, I would lean Duke. Speaking of point guards, Duke didn't have their point guard in the first meeting. As good as Ty Jerome is, I can make, he's not as experienced as uh, Ty Jerome, but he's explosive. Trey Jones, I think he's worth a couple of points. And again, he sat out the earlier meeting between the two teams, and Duke still found a, a way to get it done. Uh, so with the current information, and with that drone being 50-50 at the current number one and a half, like you can bet right now at Caesars, I'm going to lean Duke. But if word comes out on Saturday and you can watch college game day, it'll be covered, you know, almost 24-7 leading up to the game. If Ty Jerome plays and Virginia is favored by one and a half or a little bit more, I'll like Virginia. Going to be one of the better games. Sleepy, uh, do you got an opinion on this one? Yeah, actually, you know, I'm looking at this game as, as a clear-cut pass, and, and here's the reason why. You know, I haven't lost any money on either of these two teams this season, but these are two teams that I think that you and AJ would agree they're probably going to be there 
right at the end, Sweet 16, Final Four. I don't want to develop some type of a negative bias right now and then say, oh, you know what, Duke couldn't get it done on the road and they didn't look that good. And Do I want to go ahead and try to get in front of that train? No, I don't. I'd rather sit, learn, and watch and end up, uh, you know. Popcorn game for you. Popcorn game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sit back and and learn. Uh, The Big picture as far as both of these teams. Obviously, Duke. Uh, much w- more well thought of as far as the future market. Duke's the second biggest favorite we've seen in college basketball in the last decade. Like plus 180 is a shop line. Virginia, uh, right around that 6-1, to 7-1. to one. You know, we kind of touched on this when we were talking futures market last week on the podcast in case you missed it. Uh, you, can, you can check that out. And again, you can subscribe to the podcast. Just search RJ Bell, a dream podcast in any of your players, iTunes, uh, go to uh, podcast one. You can get it all there. Just follow uh, AJ or myself on Twitter at AJ uh, is the real and at Brad powers, the number seven big picture for Virginia. I, what's different between say AJ, this year's Virginia team and, uh, and again, I asked you this question last week and, and the last four or five years that, that have come up short, those Virginia teams in the tournament, what's the difference? Well, the difference has been offense and those Virginia teams of the past struggled to score, score consistently anyway. But like I mentioned earlier this year, they're one of the, the they're 15th in the country in field uh, three point efficiency. I mean, they have, they have turned it around and they're now number five overall in adjusted offense in Kim Palm, uh, Guess who number four is? It's Duke. They're not far behind the mm. best teams in the country offensively. So this team has, has gone from sort of a, a, a one-trick pony, although it was a pretty good trick. Now they can score with you, uh, and that's scary. Uh, this is a team, uh, This is a team. when you talk about the futures, this is a team I like quite a bit. And, and I liked Virginia at the beginning of the season. They're, they're on my short list of, of teams that I've been looking at all year to, to, to make a deep run and possibly win a championship. And I don't think they've done anything to uh, to tell me otherwise at this point. One of the other takeaways I had from this game, or when I was handicapping this game, I'm I may be fading Virginia in their next game, which will be at North Carolina. Mm, strong point uh, on Monday. But but to me, is there any is there any doubt that this game home against Duke is the biggest game of the season for Virginia? No question. This is their biggest okay. game, and I would prefer it from a value aspect. I prefer Jerome play because that, that'll turn it into a like for me on Virginia. I prefer Virginia to win and cover a, a relatively close game, and which is what we've seen from these two teams. And then, and then, some real big value as far as you're right on Monday night to follow it up, traveling to North Carolina in the Dean Dome. I couldn't agree with you more. This is their all-in game, even though they have a huge game coming up on deck and Duke. Uh, not shy Duke. either. I think they got four or five tough games right after Duke, this. Duke has six. This is their next six games at Virginia, at Louisville, home North Carolina State, home North Carolina, at Syracuse, at Virginia Tech. This is just the first game of that run. And like I said, Duke at home, that's Virginia's game of the year. Duke's game of the year is always going to be North Carolina. And so to me, Virginia, I mean, obviously Duke's going to be motivated. They're playing against the number three team in the country. They know this team is good. But I think Virginia, with revenge on their mind, the biggest game they'll have on their schedule this season, I think this is a better spot for Virginia than it is for Duke, who, like we just said, has five really tough games in a row coming up after this. And that's going to be really, in my opinion, critical to see because, let's face it, these Duke freshmen are phenomenal. 
but the 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 wear and tear, the grind uh, of an ACC season uh, on those freshman bodies, as good as an athletic as they look, come the end of February, there's going to be some miles on those bodies that they haven't had their entire career up until this point. Be interesting to see how this Duke team, and again, the second biggest favorite in college basketball in the last decade. I mean, I wouldn't be stunned in these next six games. I wouldn't be stunned if Duke went four and two and they'd have four losses and still be only priced behind an unbeaten Kentucky team as far as the last decade. I wish I could bet the no on that plus 180. Uh, man, <laughs> I'm, I'm right there with books you. Books are dastardly. Uh, plus 180. Give, give me minus 210 and I'll bet the no on Duke because I'll say one thing if you're looking to bet, if you want to bet Duke. And I get why some people want to bet on them because it's a team that's going to have a high ceiling come March with these freshmen. Wait, wait. I think you'll get a better number than plus 180. I really do. Unless, and look, if they run the table, then they deserve to be that big of a favorite and deserve to even be at that point, even money. But my guess is they'll lose a game or two down the stretch here and you'll get much better than plus 180. You'll get two to one, three to one uh, and whatnot. Do you agree with that, AJ? I do agree with that, and to that to that same kind of point, if you are betting on Duke now, if Zion Williamson gets hurt, I mean, you can basically crumple that ticket up. This team is flawed in a lot of ways, and that's why I don't believe in them as one of the greatest teams ever, which is what you have to – that's basically what's priced in is you're looking at one of the greatest teams ever. I think they've got a really – they're a good team, a really good team, but they've got a special player in Zion, and if something were to happen to him – I don't want anything to do with Duke, whereas the other teams that are in that mix, I don't know if they – most of those teams don't have a single player that if they lost him, I'd say, oh, that's it, I'm totally out on them. You know, I, I'm, we're talking about playing Virginia without without their guard, uh, their starting point guard. So I, I think that you, have, you always have to be careful. If the number's not great, which on the number right now, the futures number on Duke isn't great, it's always risky to take it this far out, in my opinion. No question. And then uh, for those guys that, uh, and not to get too deep into that, I mean, obviously a mechanical parlay is going to be right. more profitable. I get it, though, for mo- a majority of the betters uh, in some of those games, uh, especially first and second round, you, you're not going to want to pony up that big a, a, of a, you know a, a money line to win a little. Uh, but, but again, mechanical parlay it w- would be the way to go. Or just wait, because I, I truly think Duke's going to lose a couple more games here and you're going to get a better number. So just recapping it. Well- Go ahead, AJ. I was just saying, and when you talk about the mechanical parlay come tournament time, uh, the other reason why that makes sense is if you're worried about an injury, if you get three games into your mechanical parlay and Zion yep. Williamson rolls his ankle and he's out, you can just pull out and you've you've made a little bit of money. Maybe you didn't make as much as you wanted to, but it's better than having you know a, a plus one eighty on Duke and then have them having to go to the Final Four without their best player. Totally, totally agree. Uh, closing. Uh, on this one, again, the biggest game of the weekend by far, one of the biggest games of the year, number two, Duke at number three, Virginia. Right now we made it Virginia minus one and a half. Why? Caesars Properties. I mean, you can bet on that right now as we're taping this on Thursday. Like on Virginia for AJ. I'm a little complicated because of a key injury to Ty Jerome. That's the third-year point guard for Virginia. If he's healthy, I'll like Virginia minus one and a half. If he's out and doesn't play, then give me Duke as as a lean there. Sleepy, you're sitting back. Popcorn? Popcorns. All right. I think that injury question is going to win me our uh, our green button bet. Yeah, you are. Week. Damn, why do you have to bring that up? God, this guy. He doesn't let me. Oof. Man, I'm up That's against That's an RJ move, right? 
That is an RJ move, man. <laughs> I thought I'd get away from that, uh, doing it and hosting it, but still, man, I see what RJ if did. I, but if I were RJ, I would have negotiated that number up to three or four before I took anything. So yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> you're bringing up some bad memories <laughs> in college, but uh, yeah, you're gonna. I, why'd you have to bring that up? That that I'm gonna have to pay out the first bet uh, of the Dream Podcast. I I don't see unless he's clearly a hundred percent. And I'm just not seeing it at this point. Again, now recapping from last week, uh, AJ and myself. What was it? Two? What was it? Two? Yeah, you gave you gave me two or better, and you said anything over two, you win. Oh wow! Yeah, I lost. Mm. <laughs> All right, checks in the mail. Even though, right. and, and by checking the mail, we, we you know I know it's kind of you know illegal in those. But how about this? Next time you're out here, uh, dinner's on me. That'll work. All dinner's right. on me. All right, moving along. Only one big game on Sunday, but it is a big one in the American Athletic Conference. Number 25, Cincinnati. Just got done rallying to beat Memphis as we're taping this podcast. Taking on number 12, Houston, who one of our few losers from the first podcast. I unfortunately went up against Houston, and the Cougars took it to UCF uh, on this Thursday night, winning outright, dominating fashion pretty much from start to finish. Cincinnati at Houston. Uh, you're Mr. Houston down there. Uh, talk radio five days a week, Monday through Friday, and a program director to boot for the ESPN affiliate down there. Talk to me about this Houston team. What, do you like them in this game? I, I think I have to now. I was I was a lean on the last podcast, a lean against Houston in that Central Florida game. Uh, but, man, did they, did they prove me wrong? And, and this is a team that... You know the the Temple loss. It, it was it's not a bad loss. I mean, it, and every team is going to lose some games along the way. But my goodness, it, what 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 are you going to throw in front of UH that's going to slow them down? They've been better at home than on the road, and they just they didn't even it didn't even look like they broke a sweat at mm-hmm. Central Florida, and now they're coming back home. This is their biggest game of the season against Cincinnati. Uh, I imagine that new arena, that Tillman Fertitta Center, will be packed, and I. You know, if this number is going to be five, five and a half, it's to me, it's it, it's a lean towards Houston. I definitely don't want to lean the other way or, or like the other way. I don't want to be in the way of this Cougar team right now. They are just playing some of the best basketball. And, you know, it, it's going to be tough coming off that Central Florida game to the Cincinnati game. When you've got back-to-back big games like that, sometimes that second half of it is tough. But I do like that they're coming home. And Cincinnati struggled today at Memphis. Yep. And, the, and early early in that game, they were down big against Memphis and I, I maybe I don't think as highly of Memphis as other people but I don't think that's a very gr- a very good team uh or not as good as people think they are anyway Memphis was tough to beat at home but on the road Memphis is a joke right but but Cincinnati very good not good enough for me to want to put any points against Houston right now yeah I agree with you lean lean for Houston uh, again uh, Houston minus five minus five and a half is what we're expecting the, the line to come uh, in that one Decent spot, uh, I think at least a, a situational advantage to fact Cincinnati's back-to-back road. Houston's coming home. Do do we possibly think, uh, and I know I'm getting a little in the weeds here, but do we look maybe with all that energized crowd, Houston first half, which is where they were dominant tonight against Central Florida? Is that something we look at there? That might not be a bad call. And remember, when they were dominant tonight, what was Cincinnati in the first half against Memphis? They, they Completely opposite. Yeah, so if if you were going to make a play, and I'm guessing that, that you'd probably have to pay three, three and a half, but yep. that may be 
that may be a nice look. The first half play on on are on uh, Houston, and if that if that opens up, if I if I can get that, I actually would play that game. I think. Yeah, I think that that's the way I'll end up uh, attacking this one. Uh, Houston first half, sleepy total. You, you're leaning more towards the under here. Yeah, I'm just hoping that the line comes out. You know where I could actually go ahead and take that one. You know, I think one thirty ish maybe. That's what I'm thinking, somewhere around one thirty. I think these two teams, you know, they they. They're going to be strong in the paint. Obviously, both teams very good blocking the basketball. But, I mean, their defenses are really the name of the game. I think 130 uh, would definitely warrant a, a bet for me here. But, you know, that, that Houston team could put up points. But I just think there's just too much defense on both of these teams. And uh, I'm, I'm probably going to look at the under here. So I'll lean to the under without a number here. But let's hope 130. I'll go under that for sure. Yeah, Houston, I mean, uh, defensively, you know, top 15, if you're looking at adjustive, uh, adjusted defensive efficiency ratings. And, and Cincinnati's also at least cuts their hay on that side of the ball. What, what's your thoughts uh, total-wise, AJ? Like, one, say, say the it came right around the 130 mark. Would you lean towards the under? Yeah, I'd lean towards the under. And, and I mean, obviously, the defenses are great. But the other thing is both these teams, they prefer to play slow. They're both uh, – UH is around 250 in adjusted tempo. Uh, Cincinnati, 342. Mm. You can you can tell me how many teams that puts behind them, but not very many. So, yeah, I, I think Sleepy's on to something here with that. I, I, I'd probably lean to the under as well. Fair enough. So both leans for me and A.J., Houston. Probably prefer to take the Cougars, though, in the first half right around – Three, three and a half will be your number there. Like and, and Sleepy's all over the total. Uh, expecting it to come right around 130 under the total. And you get agreement from both uh, AJ and myself on that one. That's going to wrap up the biggest games of the week. But uh, memory serves correct. I don't think I gave a best bet, did I? I don't believe you did. You not. did. I didn't hit it, Sleepy. Don't know about the future. That's anybody's guess. Ain't no good reason for getting all depressed. And just so you know, I am contractually obligated to, to put Blossom as a best bet. Well, you're down to you know 64% because you weren't. Is it wearing on you one. already? Is it? I'm telling you, it's going to wear <laughs> on you, AJ. Is it already wearing on you? I was going to say, maybe I'm, maybe I'm starting to, to come around on it. Maybe it's good. It's good for you. Not for me, but it's yeah. good for you. Oh, I'll tell you, though. Yeah, it's what we got you is very good. Mine's way cooler, yeah. Yes. And I'm going to Sunday. I get it. We only gave you one Sunday game. I'm going to go late Sunday window. So I'm going to go to South Bend, Indiana, and I'm going to take Notre Dame against Georgia Tech. For me, I'm expecting the line to have Notre Dame right around a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Buy price for me would be up to six-and-a-half. Here's why best bet of this podcast on Notre Dame is for me. I think we're buying the Fighting Irish low. Mike Bray, I still think to this day, is one of the better coaches in the country. Just been a tough luck season. couple injuries. Notre Dame is not the same team as what they were a couple years ago when they were making back-to-back Elite Eight performances. Uh, two and nine, ATS, last 11 games. So that doesn't look good. But again, buying low, no different than, than the stock market here. And my number one factor for why best bet Notre Dame, I just go back to the earlier meeting between these two, and it just was a couple weeks ago. Notre Dame lost by two, just two points on the road. In that game, Notre Dame had their second worst performance of the season as far as field goal percentage. Shot 32.3% from the field. Georgia Tech, meanwhile, shot 46% from the field. That's Georgia Tech's best performance shooting in the last six games. So very low performance by Notre Dame. 
Good, solid performance by Georgia Tech, and yet the Irish on the road only lost by two. And I'll also take playing against an outlier. Why do I like outliers? I think there's market overreaction. Outlier number two for Notre Dame, they're coming off their worst performance of the season against Miami where they shot 32.1% from the field, including 14% from three-point range and a blowout loss at Miami. This is Notre Dame's only game in 10 days. They only got two wins in conference play. This is the game that's circled for them. Notre Dame minus four and a half, best bet for me. Buy price up to six and a half. I'll take the Fighting Irish on Sunday night as a best bet. Any thoughts, guys? The only thing that scares me about that is Uh-oh. the only the only wins that Notre Dame has in conference are against Boston College, who I just finished telling you was was a bad team. Uh, what's I, I, Georgia, where's Georgia Tech at in your ACC? Uh, Georgia Tech. I mean, they're they're in the bottom half for sure, but I don't think they're as bad as Boston College. Uh, but for the fact that they've they've that's the only two wins they have is kind of disturbing to me. And granted, outside of the other Georgia Tech game, for the most part, they've played. And, and the, I guess the Miami game, they've played the the top half of the ACC, so they have had a tough schedule through the ACC so far. But again, then you look at that Miami loss, and it's like, hey, how does that happen? Miami's a that's a bad team, so I, I'm not I'm not looking to bet money on the Irish right now. But I I don't disagree with your handicap. Maybe it's a good spot for him. I I don't want any part of it. Though. And see, because you don't want to bet on the Irish, and you're a guy that, that that's sharp sharper than most. Some would say, if you listen to the first two podcasts of the College Basketball Dream podcast, sharper than Brad. Because you, you don't want to bet on Notre Dame, I think that makes Notre Dame cheap. Because if you don't want to bet on them, the public's not going to want to bet on Notre Dame. And again, that's where I'm gimme, gimme, gimme. If no one wants to bet on this team, I will. I'll be the outlier. Give me the Fighting Irish. Again, minus four and a half. Best bet of the week for me. That's going to wrap it as far as the games go. So uh, if you guys aren't interested in any hot or not report, uh, pleasure listening. But uh, we're going to close out the show with a little thing we call Hot or not in college basketball? You should think about it. Take a second. Drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot. You should think about it. Take a second. Drop it like it's hot. All right, AJ. Going to you. Hot team in college basketball. Who should we be looking out for as far as not only what have they done for us lately, but also in the future? Who do you got? So today I put my uh, my first picks up on pregame.com and I ended up uh, I had a, I had a two star that hit and a one star that missed and I almost put up another game and I almost put up Rice plus four and a half at home against Western Kentucky Rice I mean I'm I'm here local with these guys and I was expecting them to be really bad this season and early on I was right that was a re- that was, they had a really rough start to the season. Seven one and one against the spread so far. The only reason I didn't put them on my plays today was because I had them for this hot or not, and I didn't want to have egg on my face if they came out and 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 blew it tonight against Western Kentucky. Or not. Well, current currently there's ten minutes left in the second half, and Rice is winning sixty four fifty four, dominating a, a Western Kentucky team that's actually not too shabby. So Rice probably going to move to eight one and one against the spread in their last ten. This team has figured it out, and they've played some really some of the better teams in Conference USA, and they've played them close. Most notably, recently, uh, Old Dominion. They they took right to the brink, and a win here. Rice is figuring something out right now. That's a hot team. It's a team that I don't want to get in the way of. And you know, the the number coming down four four and a half tonight means maybe Vegas is starting to catch up. That Rice is pretty decent. 
but Rice is not a big name program, and obviously it's it's typically not a team that that's going to be on anyone's radar. I think if you check out their last few weeks' performance against the spread, you may want to throw some coin down on Rice for, for the coming weeks. Now, uh, Rice, second-year coach, uh, and you're there locally with them, so you know the inside and outs. And this is why I love having A.J. on, because there's a lot of schools right in that heart that he's talking about five days a week, something that, that, that here in Vegas we don't get as much of because we got to talk more nationally speaking. So if I got any words of wisdom when it comes to college basketball, specialization, picking a smaller conference, knowing these teams in and out, question that I have for you, AJ, what do you say? This uh, second-year coach, this team's already passed their season win total from a year ago. Uh, you, you liking Scott Parra? Yeah, I like Scott Parra. I, I didn't like – I like what he's doing so far. Uh, he was on, he he coached under Herb Sindek at Arizona State uh, back in the day, and he's been coaching uh, or he had been coaching on Mike Rhodes' staff here at Rice, and then Rhodes, of course, goes on to VCU, uh, and they give they give the job here to to uh, to Para, and I didn't know if he was ready to be a head coach, but yeah. so far so good, and obviously this like you said, he's already surpassed the win total for last. They were seven and twenty four last year. They're eight and thirteen now, maybe on their way to nine and thirteen. Uh, they were four and fourteen in Conference USA. They win tonight. They'll be four and five in Conference USA. They're starting to put things together. The problem is, I mean, you're never going to have real talent at Rice, but you know, if you if you can figure out the the way to put your chess pieces on the board in the right order, you can compete. And it's not like Conference USA is some juggernaut conference where everybody gets great players. So if Rice can uh, if Rice can continue to to work this magic, uh, yeah, I would say I'm I'm impressed with Scott Perra. Yeah, and again, Rice the hot team for AJ, hot team for me. I'll make it short and sweet. We already talked this team. It's Kentucky Wildcats for me. Nine straight wins, seven straight covers. Makes a lot of sense. Three true freshmen as a starter at st- in the starting lineup, a sophomore and a grad transfer. I don't think anyone right now in the country is playing better than Kentucky. And if you listened to earlier in the podcast. We had consensus likes on uh, Kentucky, or at least a like from AJ and a couple of leans uh, on Kentucky as well in that Mississippi State game coming up on Saturday. My hot team in the country, the Kentucky Wildcats. On the flip side of hot is not, and I'll lead it off, not, because I'm going to give a tip of the cap to AJ who cashed his first, his first dream college basketball podcast best bet winner was fading this team the other night it's the nebraska Cornhuskers who have now now lost six straight games failed to cover six straight it's a depth shy team that now is playing without one of their best players in copeland and on top of that i think uh lame duck coach as far as miles goes he needed to get to the ncaa tournament this year to save his job that doesn't look like that's going to be the case and I think you can make money more often than not, not never saying blindly speaking to bet against and fade against this Nebraska team. But right now, if I'm talking about the coldest team, the not team of college basketball, Nebraska, who was borderline top 10 at certain parts in this season as far as a power rating went, but now six straight losses for Nebraska, not looking good there in Lincoln. Any thoughts on the Huskers, AJ? Uh, they're a disaster, and uh, I they I mentioned this last week in the Maryland handicap. That's a Big Ten team with now a, about about three Big Ten caliber players, and I know there was there was high hopes for this team coming in, and you know I, I like the coach there, but I just don't think he's been able to put it together. And 
uh, even with that home field or home court advantage that they've had recently, they're not a tournament team. So much less a team that I think can win a game in a tournament. So uh, it's it's gone downhill in a hurry for Nebraska ball. No, no question about it. So not team for me, Nebraska. Who's your not team, AJ? My not team is Xavier, who has just fallen apart. And, and of course, you know, they lose their coach. And this is Chris Mack was was the reason why this program has been where it's been. Listen to these win totals over Chris Mack's uh, over his career at Xavier. 29 last year, 24, 28, 23, 21, 17 in his most down year. 23, 24, 26. He turned Xavier into a powerhouse, and now it looks like he's well on his way to doing that at Louisville. So the name brand that comes along with Xavier, you're not getting name brand value from this team. They've lost five in a row uh, against the spread and straight up. Uh, the the one win that they had right before that was a they beat the spread by one. They won the game outright by one. It was a pick 'em game against Butler. Butler's not a really good team right now either. They've they've covered two games in conference play. Two games. This is this is a team that is is gone downhill in a hurry. And because the name on the front of their jersey has become synonymous with winning, people are still willing to bet on this team. And I I don't really see why you would at this point. Now, mind you, they've got DePaul coming up, and and that's going to be a, a game that'll be hard to look away from, or well, it might be hard to watch. But it's hard to look away from if if uh, if uh, Xavier's a short favorite here because they they did rough the Paul up earlier in the season, but for the rest of the season, this is a team I pretty much want nothing to do with. Yeah, and to think that they might not even have a probably finish with a losing season, in in my estimation, a pretty down Big East. I mean, Butler's not what they were. Uh, Marquette's better than what uh, they've been. Creighton's down this year. Georgetown's still fi- uh, finding their way a little bit. In a down Big East to go from a team that was almost a Sweet 16 regular uh, to a losing season, I think you hit the nail on the head. One of the, the biggest free falls we've seen in college basketball this year, Xavier. Sleepy, I'm going uh, you know off the cuff a little bit here. Do you got a hot team or a not team? I'm going to go not here. Michigan State, obviously, Good they call. lose three games in a row. Langford not playing right now. Obviously, he's hurt. So uh, He's I'm out go- for the year. Yeah, he's out. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to stay away from this team. I, I, I just don't see any reason to go ahead and put any money on them right now. Look good. They look terrible right now. That's my team that's not hot. Yeah, and we're talking about a couple of back. Purdue losing to Purdue on the road. I thought that was a good, strong possibility. You know that. I was on straight out of Vegas, Sleepy. I called that. I do. But I did not call Michigan State losing outright as home as a double-digit favorite to Indiana and then turn right around and losing as a double-digit favorite to Illinois. Didn't see that coming. Now, I'll put my faith in Tom Izzo that sooner or later he'll get that corrected. But, yeah, right now. Uh, three straight losses and two as significant favorites. Uh, I can't touch uh, uh, Michigan State now because you're still going to be paying a premium. People are going to be like, ah, it'll turn around this game. Ah, it'll turn around this game. That's what we've seen, uh, at least in the Indiana and Illinois game. Uh, any other thoughts on uh, Michigan State, AJ? Yeah, my hope is that they uh, they get a win here uh, against Minnesota because I'll be looking to fade them at Wisconsin, which I imagine will get a pretty decent number if Michigan State comes in off of a win. If Michigan State's coming in off four straight losses, I don't know that there'll be much value there. 
But I'd actually like to see Michigan State get a little bit of distance against Minnesota so I can fade them at Wisconsin. They still got some that, at Wisconsin, at Michigan, and home against Michigan still on the schedule. So it, Michigan State, they're, they're sputtering right now, and it's, it's not going to get easier down the stretch in the Big Ten. That is AJ Hoffman. You can follow AJ on Twitter at AJ is the real. You can also get his premium picks. He's started as a pregame.com handicapper. Get it at pregame.com. AJ Hoffman, Sleepy J in the house. Sleepy J underscore pregame on Twitter. You can get Sleepy J at pregame.com as premium picks. And of course, I'm Brad Powers, merely Brad Powers at Brad Powers 7 on Twitter. Any closing thoughts for the second College Basketball Dream podcast, guys? No, I feel good about how it went today and uh, excited for an awesome Saturday of hoops. This is going to be a great weekend, and hopefully we can cash some more tickets and and we'll have have a happy day again when we we meet back up on Sunday. Yeah, and, and recapping one final time, best bet for AJ Saturday, Iowa State minus seven against TCU, buy price up to nine for AJ. Best bet for me is on Sunday, Notre Dame at home, Minus four and a half for the Fighting Irish. Buy price up to six and a half for A.J. Hoffman, for Sleepy J. I'm Brad Powers. This was the College Basketball Dream Podcast. We'll talk to you next week.